You're listening to What the Business, the business podcast where I interview independent business owners about success, failure, and all the moments in between. My name is Josie Berg, and I'm your host. Hello, Christina. Welcome to the podcast. To all the listeners, today we have Christina from C. Willis and Co. She is a Pinterest marketing brand strategy expert. She's your go-to gal for all those things. And I'm super excited to dive deep into today's chat. But Christina, hello, welcome and take take it away. The floor is yours. Introduce yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me on your podcast. I'm very, very excited. I'm very passionate about what I do. And I love talking about branding and design and Pinterest and how it all blends together. Uh, but yes, uh, I'm Christina Willis. I am the founder of C. Wilson Co. And I work with a lot of um, creatives. That's a very broad term, but like it generally encompasses people in the web design space, graphic design, lifestyle brands, anything like that. Um, I love working with creatives like that because it just helps to stimulate my creativity even further. And I love a great visual. I love, I love that stuff. I crave it today. So um, yeah, I just love working with creatives and helping them to up-level their branding, their brand strategy, and how that can actually translate over onto the Pinterest platform so they can get more eyes on their content, more traffic to their website, all that good stuff, grow their email list. Mm -hmm. Love that. Love that. So how did you get started? Like where... Where did this all begin? <laughs> yeah, so I actually started about maybe three years ago, two and a half years ago as a home decor blogger. So full-time, what I do, formally educated, I'm a registered nurse and I was so burnt out. This is like well before pandemic burnt, burned out. <laughs> I was burnt out just from the hectic schedule and the long hours and being on my feet so much and just the patient demands and whatnot. And I needed a creative outlet. So I started doing home decor blogging. Um, I was always kind of dabbling in the creative space anyways. Um, I like I DIY my whole wedding. I DIY like my, my child's nursery, um, all that stuff. And then, um, so it started off there. The creative aspect started there. And then I really wanted to get into blogging. And I started blogging about the home decor space. And then I was trying to get traffic to my website and I'm like, I'm learning all the SEO, what do I do? And then I realized, man, SEO is hard and it's gonna take forever. <laughs> it's gonna take forever and a day. And further research led me to Pinterest and how Pinterest was the best for you know home decor bloggers. So I kind of like dabbled into that. Um, I bought a resource from someone who's absolutely wonderful named Megan Williamson. She's like, very big in the Pinterest space. And I implemented her practices and I saw my account pick up. Like within two weeks, my account grew nice. um, and the traffic to my site. And I was like, oh, this is something really, really like good that I should get into. So then I just dove more into Pinterest marketing. And then I just transitioned into, you know, a Pinterest marketing consultant and I started working with a lot of small business owners who were looking to Pinterest marketing to help them to you know build more of that online presence and bring more traffic to their website 
So was that transition natural or were you kind of like, oh, this is really cool. I like this. I'm going to transition into it. Like, what was that like? Um, it was very natural in the sense because I was always in the design space anyways and the blogging space. So when you're doing home decor blogging, you're using a lot of SEO and you're using a lot of like of the creative aspects to um, create your mood boards. So I was very into that, like the whole Photoshop and everything like that. So I was, it was pretty much a natural progression. The only thing that I found really challenging was the business aspect of it. Because mm-hmm. you're not, like, that's something that every, everyone has to kind of go through the growing pains of running a business and yeah. learning all the, you know, the tricks and the trades of it. But everything else was very, very natural. The whole brand strategy, it was like putting that, I just started brand strategy, like pretty much offering it this year. And all, even all of that has been very, very natural. Awesome. That's really cool. So when you first made the transition, what did you do initially to get clients in the door? Yeah. So it's a lot of connecting with people in Facebook groups. Um, I had a lot of referrals uh, and then being on Instagram helped as well. So even currently right now, um, a good majority of the clients that do find me is through Instagram because Pinterest, and also I've had acquires through Pinterest too, um, not as much as Instagram, but putting my work on Instagram, talking about Pinterest, talking about brand strategy, design has helped a lot. And even when I was in the home decor space um, and I was blogging and, you know, showing pics of my home and everything, all the things that I did there, um, before I made that transition over into the Pinterest space, I told everyone on my home decor Instagram page that this is what I'm going to be doing now. If you want to follow me um, over on yeah. my new page and then people did as well. So that's pretty much how I got uh, my first set of clients. Okay, nice. That's awesome. And then what would you say now is like your bread and butter for getting clients? You said Instagram, is it still, still kind of that? It's still kind of, yeah. So I would say a good majority of my referrals or um, my clients do come from Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, me too. I think most, I'm getting most definitely getting more referrals and a few more like Google now um, that I've been blogging a lot and a little bit more attentive to my Google over the last year, but most definitely Instagram dominates. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so talk a little bit about your marketing strategy and business and what's worked for you. And then I'm going to kind of get into more like general tip questions later, but just talk about your business first. <laughs> yeah. So my business, um, how I kind of work things right now, you know, despite client work, um, how I focus on marketing my business is definitely putting out blog content. Um, I know my audience really enjoys reading articles. Um, They're the type of person who really takes in a lot of information really, really well. And so I make sure that I write my articles and I definitely want to be found in search. So I focus on that. And then I put my content, once it's, you know, published, I put that out on um, Pinterest and help that will help to circulate for the evergreen traffic. 
And then also using Instagram, like, like I mentioned, I did use Facebook. Um, I was quite active on Facebook at one point. And then I had a Facebook group and I just felt like I was kind of stretched in a lot of ways. And I just didn't want to do that anymore. Um, so I paused my Facebook group. It, there is a chance it could open up sometime later, but for now it's paused. Um, so I'm just focusing on two main platforms and I find that works for me. Um, and I blog probably like twice a month. Um, and then I, from that, I just pull my content for my Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's how my marketing has been pretty much going for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So taking a tiny step backwards to it, you mentioned you just started doing brand, um, strategy this year. What has that been like? And how did you start implementing that into your services? And yeah, just talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I started getting into branding because I mean, I was like I said, I was always designing anyways, and I could literally be in Photoshop or Illustrator for hours. And I'm not joking. There's times I literally sat like after my kids have gone to bed from like 9 p.m. to like two in the morning, no word of a lie. And I'm just tinkering away designing. And I'm like, what am I doing? But I realized there's something to this. So I kind of like got into the brand design more. And I'm always creating, even for my clients, I was always creating Pinterest graphics for them, which mm -hmm. I enjoyed a lot too. But I wanted that creativity more. So that's where the brand design came in. And then diving further into the Pinterest strategy, I started getting into that because I realized yes, I can design a really, really great Pinterest graphic for someone, but I still felt for me, there was a disconnect. And I felt like if I don't, if I can't connect with their brand, who I'm designing this promotional graphic for, it was really, it, it was kind of challenging for me at times. I just, I just felt like I needed more meaning for their brand so mm -hmm. they can connect further with their audience and that's yeah. and then I started really um reading about brand strategy more than I took a course in it um and then I really started implementing that into my services and I found that the connection piece for me has been I shouldn't talk about me I know that but for me it's been so much easier that I could produce higher quality content and and designs for my clients and that's been a game changer. And that's what I really enjoy is being able to connect further for them um, and just really take the unique magnetic pieces about their business and produce a graphic or a design a brand for them. And then they see it and it's just like, oh my goodness, Christina, like you heard me, like you understood me. Mm -hmm. And then they, they, you know, put that out in the world and it's like the best, I can't even describe the feeling. It makes yeah. me feel so good. That's good. I mean, it seems like that's a motivating factor for you. I think we all have those little client moments that just make it all so worth it. Yes. Um, I love that. So what's kind of one critical component to branding and marketing, like walking hand in hand? Because obviously they you can't have or you can't have one without the other but they most definitely help each other so what would be something that you've noticed since doing the branding um that helps kind of connect the two and bring them together 
for your clients? Yeah. So you're going to hear it a lot from a lot, a lot of other brand strategists, but it really is why like that connection to that. Why, why do you exist as a business and why is this business so important to you and to your audience? And how can we make those connections? Um, what is it that your audience really needs from you? Like I talked about, like I touched on what makes you magnetic? Why would they choose you over another, you know, and um, there's a, a really, really good video um, out by Simon Sidnack. I'm probably pronouncing his last name incorrectly. Um, and he really makes it that point so clear. Um, and he talks about Apple and it's another thing like what, what makes Apple so popular or Nike or, you know, Bath and Body Works. What is it? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm definitely a why person. Um, the, I think the nursing background kind of helps with that too. Like even th- me trying to understand a diagnosis, I'm always asking the doctors, I'm like, I don't understand it. Like, you got to break it down to me. You got to tell me when I say that that you got to tell me why is it that I need to give this medication over this one. Mm-hmm. So I pulled all my, like those things that I'm used to formally educated. And I brought that into the brand design and strategy and it all, everything is just connecting so much further. Um, and that's where that satisfaction piece comes from for me that yes, I'm making those connections for people, but it's really understanding your why, mm-hmm. how can I make this person's business a lot better so they can, you know, generate more sales or have people opt into their email list. And, you know, the list goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. What, what's your why? No, I'm curious. Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> well, really my why um, for me doing what I do is just to continue to tap into what is intrinsically in me. And that is for me to connect further with people um, and to just do what I do and show people how much I really truly care Uh, and I'm listening and I am going back to you know being a nurse that's what I do I'm there for people and I want to know that I'm there for you too whether it's you know me designing a a strategy for you and a brand design or I'm doing your and assisting you in your Pinterest marketing Um, I do care and I will put in that effort and I will tell you if something is not correct or if it's not going right. I have no, um, you know, I have no <laughs> problem saying that. I say it in a very professional way, of course, but if something's not working. I will tell you, this is the reason why. And we got to make a pivot and you can't be afraid as a professional to, to say things like that to your clients or whoever it is that you're working with. Um, but my why is to just really show others what you what what your what your talents are um Mm -hmm. and to just kind of like capitalize on that Mm -hmm. yeah I love that so so, I know that's okay so if someone's like really struggling figuring out their why or kind of their core purpose as a business what are some yeah just like things they can think about as they figure it out (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that you can kind of go into um, for that, but really just looking at everything on a general sense, um, overall, looking at your why, um, and just figuring out what is it that you are uniquely great at, and how can that translate into a business and to connecting with your audience. 
Um, you're you're going to also hear people say like, you know, if you have an ideal client avatar, um, you know, focus on them. And it is true. Even if you formulate, take bits and pieces of, you know, businesses that you've looked at or influencers that you've looked at and you've really admired, whether it's their personality or their brand design or, you know, the way that they connect and formulate your own unique person, because even though it's, it's, that person is so unique to you, you will find that you will connect with your audience so much deeper. And people will say, it's like you are speaking to me. And it, it's like you, you were in my brain or immediately when I connected with your, with your blog post article or, you know, something that you've designed, it was like, wow, this is like so beautiful. It's like pulling in all those little tidbits together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I want to talk just briefly about, we don't need to give it too much time, but about your business in COVID and how you were affected. And just if you want to talk about anything you changed or adjusted to kind of keep rolling with the punches and keep getting clients in the door. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's a big question. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, COVID has changed things because I do find now um, since COVID, a lot more people are Um, looking at their money very different. Um, There are certain businesses that said that they have not been affected by COVID um, and they're actually growing even further because people are realizing now, hey, I am home, I can do something for myself or I need a second source of income because somebody in their family has lost a source of income, excuse me. Um, For me, business has been fairly consistent. It's been great actually. I personally not have been heavily affected, um, but it has caused me to shift my message a little bit differently because now people's pain points are different. So I've recognized that, you know, it, you know, designing strategy and Pinterest marketing might not necessarily for some people be a need. It's definitely a want. But um, regardless of how can I still tap into that um, part of them that helps them to recognize and realize, you know what, we can still work together and we can still, you know, I can still help you with your Pinterest marketing, your brand strategy in some sort of capacity without going full on steam. Um, So I've been able to help a lot of people with that. I've I've um, come out with a smaller packages that are, that's a one hour, I call it a Pinterest SOS sort of um, one hour <laughs> coaching call. Yeah. <laughs> with a little bit of a nudge to the nursing there, but um, I've come out with a Pinterest one, one hour SOS and that's actually done really, really well. Mm-hmm. People want something that's quick, that's succinct, that that's bite-sized that they can implement right away. And it's, it's at a lower price point. It's not a heavy commitment, like a four to six week brand strategy design um, Mm -hmm. or three month Pinterest management. So I had to recognize what can I do to help somebody, but at a lesser, you know, investment. So that's what I've implemented recently, like I said, and it's done really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, That's awesome. That's really smart. Um, So one thing I noticed after doing season one is that a lot of business owners, uh, a lot of common themes between interviews was that a lot of them um, set goals for themselves. They were goal setters. So 
Um, do you have any goals this year? How are you going to achieve it? What are your plans, your plan of attack? <laughs> yes, I have goals. I definitely am working on some digital products. Um, it's kind of, you know, one of those things that I haven't actually focused much on. Um, I know a lot of people say, if you're on the online space, you should focus on you know, getting a digital product out there. But I felt what was really great for me was to build my foundation before I started stretching my arms out to, you know, add more things into the pot. So now that I have my foundation fairly set, um, I'm going to start offering some digital products. I'm still in the works of that. It could be some, you know, Pinterest keywords. It could be some, you know, logo designs and stuff. So yeah, that's one of the bigger goals for me this year. And then um, just branching out into other areas, doing a lot more podcast interviews or <laughs> presentations. Um, I'm doing quite a bit of summits and I love that aspect too. So it's just to kind of dive into that further. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's super smart. How are you finding those summits to speak at? Like what, what resources and tools are you doing? Because I know I've talked to actually a number of business owners that said they want to start doing that a little bit more, um, especially now that so many things are online. It's a little bit easier, more accessible. Um, so what have you been doing to look for them? Yeah, well, I've actually been a bit fortunate. Um, the opportunities have been presented to me. So nice. um, it's been amazing because um, you don't really know who's watching you from afar. And you know, when you hear people say be consistent because you don't know who's in your sphere, it's true. Um, and that's been true for me. People have been watching me for a while. I don't know. I have not known. And they've reached out to me. And somehow it's been in an alignment um, with what I do. And it's worked out beautifully. So that's how I've started on my summits and presentation and workshop journey. Um, I started, I did a very, my very first summit, I believe it was a year ago, year and a half ago, it was a Pinterest summit. Um, and that was great. And then things kind of just picked up from there. And yeah, same thing with the podcast interviews, nice. such as yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. No, I think that's super true. Um, I actually had a moment like that on Instagram the other day where someone I like didn't even, I would, I would have said no, had you asked if I thought they followed me because I knew them from something totally unrelated way long ago. And they tagged me in something that was relevant looking for photographers. And I was just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so that's such a good point. I really like that. I think it's, yeah. but it's easy to forget, but this is your reminder to all the listeners. <laughs> Absolutely. It's your reminder. <laughs> yeah. Um, so diving into Pinterest now, talk a little bit about some misconceptions, um, of Pinterest marketing. There's a ton. <laughs> some people feel like Pinterest is a waste of time. They feel like there's no point to using it, um, that it is social media. So whatever you do on Instagram or Facebook, you could do the same strategy on um, Pinterest, especially if you're using Pinterest as a business marketing avenue. Um, so those are some general ones. And also whatever boards that you've had, you know, personally, it's okay to still have it up on your account if you're operating as a business. Um, 
those are some general misconceptions. So if you have boards that are not in alignment with your business, I say remove them, hide them, archive them, clean up your boards because you really want to attract your ideal person your way, your ideal audience client. Um, so that's one misconception. And you can't do the same things from Instagram. Although Pinterest is starting to slowly have social media aspects to it, they have story pins now, which I was just is going to say, huge. did they just add stories? Yeah. They just added stories and it's like taking off by storm and people are going crazy. But you do have like people that love them and people that absolutely hate them. <laughs> some bloggers, oh, like yeah. heavy, heavy bloggers, some of them can't stand them. They want them gone because they feel, and, and it's probably true just for some, they feel like their stats, their traffic has lessened because mm -hmm. of now Pinterest is putting a heavy, heavy focus on story pins and video pins now. Mm -hmm. But with the strategy of it, and it's actually very, when you look deep into it, it's actually very, very smart of Pinterest. Um, it actually does pull in a lot more people to your website. If they find your story pin and you give them just enough to actually pique their curiosity, they will either go into your Pinterest account, look through your specific board for that, or they will say, forget about it. Let me just go to their website and look. And that's actually yeah. the whole purpose of it. Um, but you want to get that engagement going. And that's where that's the purpose of story pins. I personally love them. Um, I think they're great. Um, and I actually like watching story pins, even on Instagram. I love mm -hmm. watching stories actually mm -hmm. then more than doing the feed. Same. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I get that aspect of it. Um, and so that's one of the big things on Pinterest is that they're focusing a lot more on that. Um, and they just really are, you know, wanting people to stay on the platform a little bit longer. The Pinterest algorithm has changed. No doubt about that. It's very different than it was two years ago. People may not go as viral <laughs> on Pinterest like they did a few years back, but it's changing for the better. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Pinterest is so different from social media that it's hard to kind of grasp and it's hard to understand why you should use it as a business owner because it almost feels like this weird fantasy, like sure, it'll help my business or whatever you say, but it actually does. And it's kind of crazy. It's I, ever since I started using Pinterest strategically, my website is so much more traffic it's unbelievable it's un and specific blogs are now yes. my best performing blogs because it's on pinterest not because right. of anything else so it's pretty it's obviously a pretty powerful tool i most definitely do not use it to the full degree that i could or should i'm yeah. still kind of like navigating my way through it but um for people who don't really understand pinterest or have never used it for a business uh, or never thought of it. Do you want to just really briefly summarize what and how Pinterest works? Yeah, so Pinterest is a search engine. It is a visual search engine. So very similar to Google, the Google al algorithm and Pinterest algorithm are pretty much the same. Anytime you type in a search query into the search bar, you are going to see something like a dropdown with some sort of predicative um, text. And those are unique keywords that people are actively searching for on the platform. So 
do that on Google, you're going to see if I type in vegan desserts, you're, I'm going to see like predictive, you know, text of other certain keywords that people are searching for on Google. That's one of the things, and, and Google, um, there's like three powerful search engines out right now, Google, Pinterest, and YouTube. So anytime people want to look for anything to be, dis to, to be inspired, um, to discover new products, new blog articles, people will go to Pinterest. If, I know for me as a you know previous home decor blogger, Pinterest was my jam. I was on that and I'm still am, I still am, trust me. <laughs> but Pinterest was my thing to find new unique decor designs for my home. Um, so that's one of the powerful things about Pinterest is that you go on there to be inspired and you go on there to figure out what can I do to make my life better? Um, and as a content creator, what can I produce or create to make someone else's life better? So that's one of the things and about Pinterest is that it's so unique in that sense. And it helps to drive traffic way better than any other you know, search engines out there and social media platforms. And the statistics are there. You can ask a ton of content creators, bloggers, food bloggers are huge. They are dominating on that platform. They get probably even up to 90% of their traffic, if not more, if not a little bit less from Pinterest. For me currently, I get about 74% of my traffic um, from Pinterest. And remember, I'm only blogging twice a month. I'm not doing any more. Maybe I should. <laughs> But for my life, currently blogging twice a month, I probably spend maybe, I can get it down to about three hours if I really grind down, but three hours max a month time is what I'm focusing on for my Pinterest marketing. And that's it. Instagram, I'm on there. I was on there every day, hours a day, trying to engage, trying to like follow all these new hashtags. It's exhausting. Yeah, it's a lot of burnout. And a lot of people feel that Instagram is the way to go, which it could be for a lot of influencers. But if you take that energy, an hour or two of that energy and focus it on Pinterest, you are going to see a massive return on investment. But Pinterest is a slower burn, a lot slower than it is on Instagram. Instagram, you get immediate satisfaction and recognition for your efforts. Pinterest, it could take up to a year, depending on your niche or your industry, it could take a lot longer. And that's what a lot of people do not like. People like instantaneous stuff. Um, so if you're willing to put in the effort and work on your strategy and really know and look at your analytics and your data, Pinterest will pay off for you and you'll be sitting back laughing. Look at me, you know, I don't have <laughs> yeah. to do much. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I love about Pinterest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's really a cool platform for sure. And yeah, the, the, I guess the algorithm, how it links keywords is super impressive because I've gone on there to look for something super niche. It's like impossible to find anywhere else. And I can almost guarantee I'll always find it there. So yes, it's, absolutely. It's the place, but talk a little bit about some do's and don'ts then about being on Pinterest. As a business so, owner. Yes. So definitely, like I mentioned, I touched on, don't use the same practices that you do on Instagram, on Pinterest. So don't think that you could put a post up 
and it's going to go viral. <laughs> it takes a long time for things to index. Like I mentioned, it's like Google. It will take three months, six months, up to a year for that piece of content to index. You do have to do your keyword research, very similar to Instagram. You have to do your hashtag research, but you do have to really research your keywords on the platform. So do do your keyword research. Do not think that you can post and ghost, as a lot of people say. Um, you have to be active on the platform. You have to pin your content frequently, and you can use a scheduler, it's called Tailwind. Um, that's probably one of the better ones in my opinion because the data that you get from Tailwind does help to anchor your strategy a lot more um, if you're using on a business sense. So do use a scheduler, do create more than one promotional or Pinterest graphic for your piece of content, whether it's an article, podcast, podcast episode. You wanna create five even up to seven, depending on what you are really trying to promote, unique images, and you wanna drip that out one pin a day. Part of the Pinterest algorithm now is focusing on fresh content and being a content creator as opposed to content curator. So no more are we saving all these pins, saving all these pins, saving all these pins. You've got to all, you know, um, you know, shift around your Pinterest strategy and put out a lot more of your content. And that you can do that by just simply creating a new image. So don't think that you have to go from two blog posts a month to five or seven. It's not needed. It's great, but it's not needed. Just mm -hmm. create more images and pin that image to multiple boards and Pinterest will recognize that as unique um, mm -hmm. and drive that traffic to your particular landing page or product page. Yeah. Awesome. No, that's great. Um, is there anything else to know about Pinterest in regards to specifically, I'm always curious about captioning and putting the details into each post because it does seem like there's a different strategy there than it is than on Instagram. You know, on Instagram, you, I mean, people don't really read it, but you're really trying to maximize engagement in the following. So what's, what's the caption strategy on Pinterest? Yeah. So people don't read the descriptions. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> I know I do because <laughs> of what I do. I'm very, I'm always curious how, like when I see pins in the first two rows, I'm like, what is it about that pin that made it first? Mm -hmm. And I start really reading their pin descriptions on a, on a general sense. People don't have to do that, but I'm a little bit cuckoo that way. Um, the pin descriptions are not for like people to necessarily read. It's for Pinterest itself. Pinterest needs to recognize your pin description and your pin title to understand. Although the um, AI of Pinterest is exquisitely like finite, it can read details down to the core. Um, and it really knows where to, you know, cycle your piece of content to. But try to, like I mentioned, research your keywords and you want to formulate your pin description in a natural manner when you're writing it out. Um, you don't want it to sit like, you're going to even hear a lot of people say keyword stuff. You want to kind of like move away from that. Sometimes I've seen... Um, pin descriptions where it's just keyword, 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 back to back to back. Yeah. It's yeah. not as, <laughs> you know, that's not best practice. Best okay. practice is for you to kind of like weave it in naturally. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and have it sound human. Um, but there's a there's a lot of other best practices. You want to definitely make sure like your pin image is, you know, cap captivating your audience. You want to make sure you have a, if um, you're in the home, home decor space, some people don't want to have text overlay. Um, they just want to, if that's your case, just make sure you have a really, really great keyworded pin title and description, um, but play around with things, see what works. Um, and if something's not working, then you keep it moving, try something new. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm good at not just doing like just keyword lists, but I do find that I, I like as little brain power when it comes to stuff like this as possible. I know it's, it's just lazy, but <laughs> okay. I know it. I embrace it, whatever. You gotta be real, man. I like it. <laughs> but what I'll, so what I'll do is I'll kind of take snippets of the blog post that I'm linking it to and then kind of like rework it. It's kind of my lazy hack, but I don't always I do, do that too. Yeah. Sometimes I want it just to go to my main page, but if it's a blog post, then I'll do that. Um, yeah. I totally had another question after. Oh yeah, speaking of text on images, um, I also use Tailwind. I would totally recommend. It is like a decent, like hundred US dollars a year, but hundred percent worth it. Yes. Um, it speeds up the process so much. It does. But I know they recently added a feature that you can now use their pre-selected kind of text to go over your images. Yes. Are there oh, any Tailwind like create? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I've used it a bit. I haven't like been paying attention to how those are doing over my just pure image image ones. But I'm curious to know if you are putting text on an image, is there like a way to do it best? Because sometimes, yeah. I mean, I see so many different types of text images on Pinterest. Some are just text. Some are text in like little icons and then some are totally just overlaid on an actual picture is there a strategy or is it just kind of like do what works for your business <laughs> it's it to be honest it's a mixture of everything um you want to for sure do what works best for your business but what does your audience like you're actually going to find certain images certain brand colors actually favor better oddly mm -hmm. um and if you find that through your stats, through, through your analytics, just continue to do that. Make your little tweaks here and there to um, certain things. But certain text overlays work well. You, Yeah, it really is like the test and see how things do. With Tail and Create, there was actually a study recently that said um, that their images in Tail and Create actually did a lot better than if someone was mm -hmm. to do it them their own selves. Um, I kind of look at that a little different, maybe because mm. I took stats in class. I'm like, how big was that audience? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> how big was that audience? What were your parameters? What was your p-value? You know, yeah. all that stuff. So I'm just like, hmm, could they be saying that because they want more signups? Yes, but, for sure. Uh, right? It's also so like I, pretty rough. The last few times I've used it, it needs some improving. It's, it's getting better. but bit, it, yeah. Yes, I agree with that. It's a little bit... Um, sluggish yeah. I personally didn't really like I love that you could put your stuff in and you know tons and tons of uh, pins were created for you without much effort I love that but it needs a little bit more tweaking it feels like they're beta testing it right now yeah. <laughs>
Yeah. Like, I can't wait till they're done. <laughs> I know. It's going in the right direction. For yeah, sure. I agree. They still need to like perfect it hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so kind of moving away from Pinterest, I feel like you've given some great advice, but are there any other marketing tips related to social media or branding tips um, that you want to touch on that you think are really important? Yeah. I mean, I'm even thinking about what my first journey, when I started out with things, I thought I had to be on every platform and it's so tiring. Like really don't do it. (laughs) Like really stick to a few, like But, you know, the thing about human nature is that we always want to strive for better. And if you see somebody else on, you know, blowing up on TikTok, you start to think, I need to be on TikTok too. But your brain can only take so much and so can your life. So you have to choose the platforms that work best with your life and your business. And that's what was really hard for me when I first started out on my journey but now I just own it. I'm like, you know what? Pinterest works a lot better for my life right now. I still work full-time and I'm a night, a permanent night shift worker. I sleep during the day. (laughs) I need something to work. (laughs) Right. And I need something to work for my life. You know, my kids are being virtual schooled. So I have to figure out what's going to work best for me and just work and just, you know, own it, own up to that and say, this is where I need to put my focus. Um, I just don't want people to think that being in all these other platforms is going to necessarily drive more interest and more traffic to their business because it might, something's got to give, whether it's your time, whether it's your content will start to slack, um, your message will start to slack. So just focus, you know, on one, maybe two max and just let that work for you in your business and you will be fine. You will be fine. Yeah. No, I love that. It's super true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's one thing you find a common kind of mistake or, I mean, any word is fine to replace mistake with, but what's one common thing you find your clients doing that you typically correct for or help guide? <laughs> help guide. Ooh. Um. I would say probably the one thing that I have to definitely correct is the mindset of, if I'm talking about Pinterest, um, the mindset of a Pinterest user, the journey is not typical. There's like a three or four stage layer process that people go through and that they're cold audience who are discovering you. A lot of the brands, um, a lot of like the discoveries, I should say, on the Pinterest platform are unbranded, which means like nobody's necessarily going to the search bar and typing in, I'm looking for gray Nike sweatpants with like pleated cuffs or something like that. Yeah. They're going on there and they're saying wide leg trousers. Right. And whatever shows up, it's technically unbranded because they don't know about it. They don't know which brand they're going to click on and find interest to. So that audience is pretty much cold traveling to your website and just learning about you. So if they opt into your free um, checklist for anything like that, do know that the journey to possibly purchasing from you could take sometimes even up to two years. You Mm -hmm. really have to warm them up. 
They have to see your pins often. They have to know, oh yes, they, they make great content. I really like their writing style. I really like their freebies before anything further, you know, takes place further. Um, the mindset is big in that sense. And the, and the same thing, even with brand strategy, I would still say like the mindset is another thing too. Um, although with the brand strategy and design, we dive into the why and what makes you unique. You know that not everybody's going to resonate with your business and your message. And you might, if you rebrand, you might lose people and that's a normal process. And as you work further in your brand messaging, you will find your audience and they will connect with you further. So mindset, I would say, is big for both areas that I work in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I see that. That makes sense for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, that's awesome. So I'm going to kind of ask you now just some more questions about you and your business. Yeah. Um, do you outsource anything? Not. <laughs> I guess <currently>. Tailwind. <laughs> Tail Whoa, yeah, if we're going to I that know. avenue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's break it down. I do. I, I use Planoly for my Instagram, mm -hmm. Tailwind for sure for my, um, for my Pinterest scheduling. Uh, I did outsource pin designs when I was really um, taking on a lot of clients. I've cut that out too because that was a little bit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I definitely only take on clients now that I know I can really focus deeply on. But when I had a lot of clientele, I outsourced the pin designs. Um, and the scheduling at one point, I did at one point outsource my blogging. Now I'm doing everything. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, it's just better for me. Um, I just make sure that I schedule everything well enough that it doesn't overwhelm me in my life right now. And it's been working. So um, yeah, those are a few things that I can think about. Yeah. I mean, there's other things too, like my my Photoshop, if I add that. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like yeah. the big things, no, I do everything my, myself. I'm a solopreneur. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. That's good. Or it's good if it works for you. It's yeah. good for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> um, so I like the expression work smarter, not harder. Um, because I mean, as you for sure understand, being strategic about your work time and enjoying your free time or other time is yeah. super critical. <laughs> yeah. It really amazing. is. Yes. <laughs> um, how do you work smart in your business? Um, how do I work smart? I definitely, um, so I made a day that's specific for clients and a day that's specific for any discovery calls. So usually Mondays are my days where I'm free for a lot of those things. And that's all I do on those days. I try my best not to do anything else. It's, it's tempting, but that's what I stick to. Um, and then on the other days I have like, you know, for example, Tuesdays is, you know, me doing a blog outline and then Wednesday is pin designs. And so I make sure that I have things organized in a way that keeps me consistent and doesn't mm -hmm. overwhelm me and like I said if I go out of that <laughs> I try to quickly get back into it yeah, but, yeah having a having some sort of system helps 
um, for me. And I really stick that. And my asana, I, I can't do without my asana. Like I need every, every part of my brain has to be in that. And it helps me to stay on track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. No, that's great. I think I, um, I'm not as good now because of COVID. It's kind of thrown me for a loop, but used to have every, um, like Monday I would take off and like run errands and tidy and clean and get get ready. And then I kind of would start my week on Tuesdays. And then I Mm. had like all Friday was for creative projects and creative ideas and brainstorming. And it was, there was like no commitment. Yeah. I started actually for the past two months now, I started, um, because I saw Abby from Wayfair Design Studio. She talked about a creative health day. And I said, mm. oh yeah, I need this. I need this. Because I even t- it took me back to even why I even got into the home decor blog is because I needed a creative outlet. Mm-hmm. So I've done that and I've implemented that on Fridays. I don't do anything else because I forgot about that. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's hard to do when you first start doing it when you first like okay this day is just for this it's a very weird mindset and habit to create no matter what it is like people always say like oh do all your bookie thing every week on friday or every week on thursday and just set it but that's really tricky to get into but once you're into it it is it's so good yes yeah (laughs) just talking about it i'm realizing how i've fallen out of the habit i need to get back into it (laughs) it's tough it's so tough but i look like now coming to the end of the week like i look forward Mm -hmm. like it's something that excites you like oh this is my day now like you you're so used to looking after people and making sure they're set up like i have two kids uh, you know husband Mm -hmm. everything i'm like you guys are fine (laughs) fridays we will order out food okay (laughs) Yeah, literally. Friday. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a good thing to have um, and try to build a system into your business. Just um, and don't and if you feel like you know you can't handle it all, cut something back, outsource it if you're you know you have the financial means to do that. But don't think like you know you have to do it all. It's it's so hard. You feel like you have to do it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. And I, I think that pressure has for me and maybe in my industry, the photography industry, it's kind of amplified because of COVID. It's almost like now you have more time because you can't shoot. So you should be doing it all. That's how, or I mean, I tell myself that all the time and it's just totally not doable. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what is one thing that has leveled up your business, taking it from a zero to 100? Yeah. I would say the brand design and strategy. Mm-hmm. I would say that. Um, just in the whole like connection piece with clients, I would say once I started to implement that 100%, mm-hmm. it's made a big change. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, connection is huge. And I mean, for you, it seems like it's coming from a place of just digging deeper with your clients, but even just connecting your clients to their possible clients, like that connection, it's so valuable as a business owner. It keeps for sure me, I know, uh, I can speak for myself motivated and encouraged yes. to continue. Like I could have the best consultation with a wedding couple 
of my whole life and they couldn't, they don't need to book me. And they could actually like that at the end of the call, be like, we are not going to book you. We've made this decision right now. And I still am like, totally fine. That's great. I'm glad we chatted. I'm glad you got to ask your questions and I explained my process. And now you're going to go with someone that you feel really confident with. And I just, that connection piece is so, so important. It is important. And then you never know, like they might even go with another photographer and realize, I should have gone with <laughs> should have gone with Josie. Yeah. And then who knows, they might even, you know, contact you later on down the road and say, Hey, do you do maternity shoots? Like, do you mm-hmm. do this? Do you do that? You yeah. really don't know. Well, I have gotten referrals from couples that haven't booked me before. Oh, it's a ripple effect. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that's if any great. has booked, but I have for sure have had a few inquiries. Oh, so and so told me about you know I'm like who's that so I kind of look in my email I'm like, I know it's so and so I'm like oh wow I had a consultation with them a year ago and they never booked oh see yeah. look yeah. at that that's amazing mm-hmm. so connection human connection human connection yeah and maybe that's part of my like the ooey gooey part of me when I'm like with a patient at work and I'm like oh this is a great moment <laughs> I don't know. Maybe yeah, it's not part sure. of me too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to even want to be a nurse, I think a lot of the personality attached to that is, yeah, like a connection, a care for. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. You, you mentioned earlier taking care of. Yes. For sure. Big time. But yeah, if you have kids as well, I mean, you got to take those creative Fridays for yourself. You need this. <laughs> I need it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) No, that's one thing I think COVID has also reiterated to a lot of people is just having time alone to yourself is a lot more crucial to the overall balance of your life than initially thought of. Mm -hmm. um, So my last kind of, well, I have a couple of last questions, but this is kind of the last formal question. Um, I like to call celebrating failure. I think the word fail has bad connotations, but I think every time you fall and fail, you learn and you get back up and you keep going and you become a better person. We all make mistakes. So in your business, have you ever made a mistake that has taught you a really great lesson? You don't have to talk about the mistake, but what was the lesson that you learned? Yeah. So the lesson, well, a mistake, I had this client, this is like when I first, um, was like just formulating my Pinterest um, based business. And we were talking on our client call and um, she's like, oh, I have, you know, certain things that I am going to send your way. And this is when I had one of them, maybe it's a two-parter. Um, so one of the mistakes that I did is that, yes, I'm going to put your, you know, content out on Pinterest by such and such date. And because I was so overwhelmed with things, I forgot about it. And it mm-hmm. wasn't until the next client call. And I was like, she's like, I don't see this stuff that I sent you. And I'm like, no. I felt because I took on too much work and I dropped the ball and I felt and I apologize and I said I'm so sorry and you know but when you try to correct things at that moment um, you've kind of already lost the trust of that person and that really crushed me so 
one thing is to definitely not take on so much. And I did touch on that too. Don't overwhelm yourself thinking like every client that comes your way, potential that comes your way has to be, you know, taken on and you have to do everything for them. Um, that's why I'm very strategic now when I take on clients. And the other thing is, um, like, I don't know if it's really a mistake, but it's definitely something that's taught me um, to not um, undervalue myself so much. And I feel like at that point when I was taking on so much, I think I wasn't really looking at the value that I was producing for the clients at that time. I was just doing, I was just working and I was just trying to make that money, mm-hmm. um, you know, but I wasn't really looking at what am I really helping them with? What value am I providing them? Because if you're taking on too much, you're not really providing that great value. You're just doing task oriented things. Mm-hmm. So those are some mistakes that I've made and I've adjusted my services and adjusted my pricing to reflect that now. And life is great. You know, mm-hmm. you always want to think about where do I want to be and what boundaries do I want to set for myself and my clientele so I can have the life where I can enjoy it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. I think that's mm-hmm. super important for sure. And hopefully our listeners can learn the easy way because they've heard your story now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't take on too much, please. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. And I think that's one of those things that you don't know until it's too late. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So if you feel yourself getting there, just stop. (laughs) Stop. Just stop because you will you will drop the ball and you will not feel good about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Well, there are so many incredible tips you've given today. Your knowledge is it's just amazing. Thank you so much. I will for sure. I mean, anyone listening, check out. I know you have a lot of blog posts on Pinterest and marketing and branding. So if anyone's interested in that, check that out. I will be super sure to link all your links and all that. So people can go straight there um, so they can get even more advice. And, um, but is there anything you want to finish on, you know, talk about yourself, your business or any finishing tips? Um, well, I mean, if, if anyone is looking to, you know, either rebrand or, you know, they're just really wanting, if anything that I spoke on today really kind of like touches um, a point to their business, then definitely reach out to me. I do have services um, with varying, you know, investment points. So um, I can definitely work with you if you feel that you are wanting to work with me. And yeah, just definitely take things easy. Use Pinterest. Like I love it so much. I mentioned um, because it's definitely um, an easier barrier to market your business on an evergreen sense. Um, And if that's what you're looking for in your life, jump on Pinterest. But if you want to rebrand, if you want to dive deeper into your business, we can work together and work on your brand strategy and design. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Christine. I really appreciate you taking the time to give us all your incredible tips and insights and just be here and chat with me. It's, it's been really awesome. Thank you so much. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> Thanks for listening in. Remember to check us out on Instagram at what the business podcast. See you at the next episode.